0: is out. The Age of Independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Age of Independence. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar, and this year is such an exciting prospect. We have left 2020 behind us and 2021 is here with so much, um, so many hopes and dreams on the horizon. And I know that you've been working really hard in your agencies to think about your goals for the year for yourself and for your team. And that probably has two two sides to that coin, your personal goals and your professional goals. They're, They're so closely linked, right? Because what we do is such a big part of our identity. And so thanks for joining us today as we talk through through some of those ideas together and I invited Grant Botma to join me today in this discussion as we talk about your lifestyle as an agency owner and how to enjoy running your business again and just getting back the passion and the purpose for what you do and so um for those of you who are meeting grant for the first time i'm so excited to have him on this episode because he's the founder of stewardship and stewardship is a really special company they focus on um, home loans insurance and they have an investment advisor side of the company that really helps bring a holistic approach to their clients and their needs and uh, approaching their handling of risk and building wealth with wisdom and love, which I think is such a cool purpose for their whole team to, they, they just get behind it together and you see it in everything that they do. The quality and care just comes through. And I've been reading a book that Grant wrote and it's called The Problem Isn't Their Paycheck. And as I've been working, through this book, there's so many ideas that I think are just tangible, practical things that just help us realign with hey, if something isn't working, what can we replace with it that's going to be so much more beneficial for our companies and for our teams? So, um, really excited for this discussion. Hi, Grant
1: hey how are you thanks for having me on
0: doing fantastic thanks for joining us today and i was so excited to get on your calendar because i know you're really intentional with your time and that's something that i want to talk to you about because as a business owner um i imagine that you have a a lot of things in the air at anyone at any given point in time
1: yeah you know people often ask me oh hey you have a mortgage company insurance agency investment management, ask like, how do you handle it all? And your family still likes you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the best response to that is um, good intentions require intentional actions. And I just try to be extremely intentional with my calendar and with my schedule. Um, it doesn't mean I have to say no to a lot of things. It just means things that are important to me get scheduled ahead of time. Um, as a result, it, it prevents things that can just come up And then mean you lack in spending time in the areas that you want. So I'm just really intentional with making sure the things I care about get put in my calendar ahead of time.
0: That's awesome. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your family. I know that they're, you know, such a big part of everything that you do.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I have an absolutely amazingly beautiful wife. Her name is Jody and, um, we have three kids, and their ages now are eight, 10, and our oldest is going to be 12 tomorrow. Wow. Uh, her birthday is on Christmas Eve. Aww. And yeah, it's uh, she's our little Christmas baby. Her middle name is Joy. She brings so much joy. I'm so proud of the, the woman that she's becoming right in front of our eyes. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, my family is very important to me because uh, my wife and I have the belief that there's no such thing as kind of like a difference in work and a life balance. Like you, if you balance all the time, you're going to fall over. Um, so we don't think there's just all this different parts of life that we have to balance. We think there's one life with one purpose that we try to live. And uh, for us it's to try to love people. And to try to make the biggest positive impact we can on people. And as a result, the business is to love people through finances. And my wife's on mission with that, but so are my kids. Uh, so much so that uh, in the Christmas gifts that we gave to uh, the staff uh, this past Christmas season, they were a part of that. They were a part of helping me put that together. So yeah, my, my family, yes, you're right. It's a big part of my life, but uh, they're a big part of the business as well.
0: That's so cool. And I know that we'll talk a little bit about your your finances and investment philosophies, but I'm curious what that looks like with your kids are because Mm. I mean, have you started like talking to them about money or savings or, um, tithing or anything along those lines that might go into how it would apply to an eight or nine or 12 year old that's in middle school and have they started making any of their own money yet?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm a, I describe myself as a compassionate capitalist. Uh, I'm the type of person who genuinely thinks that capitalism and business are a beautiful thing. I look, I'll be honest. If you're listening to this podcast and you own a business, I don't think there's a greater way for you to make an impact on an individual's life than through employment. And that goes beyond just like a paycheck that you're giving them. It gives them a sense of meaning and purpose and opportunity to make an impact on other people's lives. And you as a leader of a business, you as an owner of a business had the opportunity to have this huge impact on someone's life. And they're going to spend a bulk of their time with you in your business. What an honor, right? And uh, I think that's a big deal. So I'm a huge, huge believer in capitalism, especially when compassion is involved. And I teach my children that in the heart of every compassionate capitalist society is this, you find the needs and then you fill them. If there's a genuine need that somebody has out there, you do anything and everything that you can to fill it, to serve them to love them, to care for them. And if you do that well with a great product or service, you can get money in return. And then with that money, you can make a big impact on the way back. And it's beautiful. Uh, so I teach my children that and, and they're all about it. They know that, uh, Hey, I got to find needs and fill them. Whether it's my son yesterday who saw his sister's room was very dirty when his sister was uh, spending the night at a friend's house. So he cleaned it for her and, no he, saw and he filled it. So then he, uh, got some commission from me. So that's what we call money in our house is commission. We don't just call it like allowance or whatever. They got to earn it. That's not um, or it's, hey, look, there's some weeds in the yard. Let's go find that need and fill it. But I'm also talking to my oldest daughter, Cambria, about investing. I, I've, I've given her and communicated to her that, hey, look, if you want to buy a car, however much you raise or save, I'm going to give you that exact amount. I'll match it and then you can go buy a car. And then she heard me talking about investments on YouTube and on Instagram. So she's like, Hey, I want to do that. I want to make sure that my money can grow. So she's got an investment account. And every time she puts a dollar in there, I put a dollar in there and uh, she's having a blast with that. So it's fun.
0: It's so cool that the things that you're passionate about at work are closely tied to just who you are as a person. So that when you go home at the end of the day, you don't feel like you have, you know, two split personalities and two different goals in life and two different paths. and um, That's got to be rewarding.
1: Oh, man, it's not only rewarding, but it's um, it just gives a ton of peace. And and Caitlin, I think everybody's like that. You just have to look for it. Our, Our society hasn't created this environment that allows us to have just one life with one purpose on every area. We are fed all the time. You have to have this balance, 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 balance. But I just think if you keep fighting that balance, you're going to keep falling over, like I mentioned before. So it's one life for me. And my kids are on this mission with me. Um, and, and it's this, I'm the same person, whether I'm here in this podcast, whether I'm at the office, whether I'm at home, it's a whole lot easier to live my life that way. And my kids see that. And I try to do my best to model it for them. Um, and you know, it's, it's fun to have that type of mission approach in life because then your family supports you in ways that make a huge huge impact like when i leave the house i don't have my kids whining like oh daddy you're leaving like sure they're sad i'm leaving but they're like all right dad go love people today you know i get cheered out the door and then when i come back home they're asking questions like dad how did you love people through finances today what, what did you do can you tell us any stories and i and connect them with that and then i try to tell them the things that they did to support me and how that support and their love helped me support and love other people in our community with money. And, and now they feel connected to what's going on in our society, which is beautiful.
0: And then your kids become a champion of what what the family's building. And oh, yeah. It's so cool. And yeah. When
1: I was a kid, I wanted to be a, a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. My son, he wants to take over stewardship. He jokes that he's like ready for me to die so he can take it over, which is kind of funny. But like, that's what my kids want to do. When they grow up, they want to work at stewardship. And that's like, it's one of the biggest, most compliment, like most encouraging things I I could ever have is, is for my children to want that. So who knows what'll happen?
0: But. We actually lived in uh, the Chicago area when the Cubs won the World Series. Mm. And, um, my agency at the time ins- actually insured a scheduled personal property of a, a Cubs World Series ring. I had to call underwriting. And I was like, "Is, is it? A, can I schedule this?" <laughs>
1: that is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, you say that I got um for those watching on YouTube, I've got my little Cubs Santa. This is like my only oh Christmas my decoration. Uh-huh. in uh, in the office right now so
0: you know it's so funny because my my husband and i don't really watch sports like we're just it's not that we don't like like we like playing sports but it's kind of hard to just watch sports unless it's a a big moment like the olympics or the super bowl or the world series and what was so special about that was that night in chicago in illinois you you knew that everyone was doing the same thing at the same time and when they won you you almost could hear everyone cheering like cuz oh. everyone was jumping up and down off the couch you thought and it was such a close game like we actually oh, thought we were going to have a heart attack yeah. <laughs> we uh it was really one of just a, just a super fun moment where everybody cared about the same thing and got to celebrate together. And uh, even having not been a, been a sports fan. So I can't imagine what it was like for people that have been waiting for that one to happen for a hundred years. So
1: <laughs> it was great. Yeah. We were at Lego Land in California together as a family watching it. Um, tears were shed hugs yeah. and joy. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> it was so much fun.
0: So cool. So, so tell me why you named your company stewardship. Cause you could have named it like risk pro or so many other things. And so I think that that probably says a lot about who you guys are and what makes you different.
1: Yeah, so uh, stewards were people that um, were very important in a kingdom, in a castle, or in a town. And um, way, way back in the day, like when, you know, knights and ladies and all of that were a thing, um, the steward would help make sure that all the resources of that town or of that kingdom or of that castle were used well. And uh, it was the steward's job to manage risk and to look out and to see, hey, what things could potentially come, whether it be, uh, you know, a famine or an issue with crops or whatever else, and, and really make sure that there's not only enough money, but enough food and enough resources as a whole for everyone to thrive. And uh, so a steward is somebody who helps people with the things that they have and, you um, that was uh, something that I very much resonated with. Uh, the word stewardship has become um, very popular in evangelical communities and in the church. And although I am a Christian and my wife and I and family, we attend church and go to church, um, the the heart of the naming my company didn't really have anything to do with with the church in that way. It just had to do with really where that word came from. And, and that is to just uh, help people manage the things that they have.
0: That's awesome. So- one of the things you talk about in your book is the transformation of the company from a time when, you know, it was closer to when you founded it and when you were really heavily involved in a lot of, you know, the operations, wearing a lot of different hats within the company to what your lifestyle is like today. And I think that was such a great way to start the book was just painting a picture for business owners about what, it can look like when you start enjoying your business again. So, so talk to us a little bit about how your lifestyle now compares to back then when you were the, per- when the, the whole weight of the company was on your shoulders and you, I mean, you, you spent nights there sometimes. Um, oh yeah. There's so much to do.
1: You know, there's a, something that's very prevalent in our society, this kind of whole rise and grind and go, go, go and work, work, work. And there's this glorification of work. And I think work is, is beautiful. i I actually believe that we were designed and created to work. And it's one of the reasons why we enjoy thinking about work or even doing work from time to time. Right. It's a lot of fun at times. And um, I think that's great, but, but that's not the only reason why I'm, I'm here on the earth. And a lot of times work and, and your business can become not just a, uh, a grind, but it can start impacting your life negatively. And I was definitely there. Um, I made a lot of mistakes you know, and, and I was that person that thought I had to do all the things. I was prideful enough to think that, look, I have this business. It's my work. It's my intelligence. It's my uh, way that I can control the customer experience that has made it successful. And that might have been true, but it limits me, right? And And the story that I tell in the book is that um, my uncle kind of grabbed me by the collar one day and said, Grant, well, why do you have the business? And I said, well, I, I have it because I want to help people. I, I want to make an impact on this community. Money's a big deal. And I kind of started going off and start, you know, got on my soapbox and he interrupted me. He's like, well, how much of that can you do on your own? I'm like, well, that's a really great point. Wow. And, and he said, Grant, you don't want to uh, be the only one who does it. What's wise for you to do is have versions of you also doing the same thing. And that's the thing that I came to realize is, is that the impact that I'm able to make as a business is bigger when I have a team of people that are versions of what I'm doing under my leadership, impacting other people too. Um, and that that was a big, big turning point for me. Again, the whole purpose and the, and the mission was to try to love people and try to help people. And, and I'm able to help more people whenever um, I've got a team under me that's doing it. Now, the hard part with that, Caitlin, <laughs> again, especially for these business owners that that are grinding and going like you're. You got some success for a reason, right? You've worked real hard. You, you've controlled that customer experience. It requires you to let go a little bit, and that can be scary for people.
0: I think the scary part is the the freedom the freedom part of the plan, right? Because we're learning in through this book that you wrote um, that our you know our listeners can find it on Amazon. It's a, a best selling book on Amazon. It's called "The Problem Isn't Their Paycheck." And you talk about how money is a driving motivator, but it's number four on the list. And we tend to ignore the other top three things. And the one that I think is the scariest one is the freedom factor. Like, how do we give Mm. employees freedom without giving away the farm? And um, it it just seems... Uh, almost impossible to to give, especially when you're thinking about someone who's in a sales role or a customer mm. service facing role, how you can create a environment that's full of the kind of autonomy that people crave and need to be able to thrive without letting, you know, your clients or the company down.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I give a ton of freedom to my team because I know and understand that study after study after study. Uh, for our years and years and years and years has proven that autonomy is a big deal. Freedom is a big motivating factor to us. It's one of the big reasons why we like being business owners or even like being in the sales positions we're in because there's some freedom that we have. However, the way that I give my team freedom is not the way that you need to give your team freedom and everybody needs to do it under their own leadership style. However, I'll share with you the type of freedom that I give. My team can literally come and go as they please. Like there's no amount of clocking in or clocking out. Uh, There is no really amount of uh, vacation time that's tracked. People can do whatever they want, whenever they want. And they can even watch Netflix when they work. Or, I mean, I've got people right now in the hallway of my office uh, chipping golf balls in the hallway as they're working. Like, it's just like a thing. Uh, You can have fun and you can have freedom to do what you want. Because the one thing that I keep people pointed towards which is the number one most motivating thing is the purpose is the mission you have as much freedom as you want as long as you get your stuff done as long as you are loving people through finances then we're going to be fine and um To be honest, it's it's you're right, it's scary. It's hard to let go of that because there are certain things, little things that I do throughout my day, throughout my month, throughout my quarter, throughout my year that allow me to have the success to love people through finances. That means I have to trust somebody else to do those things, but they're different than me. They're not gonna do them the exact same way, right? So as a leader, I have to guide them to that mission, but I have to let go of some of the micromanagement and give them freedom to go. Now, I'll tell you this though. Caitlin, everyone on my team knows that they are underpaid. They all know that they could get paid more if they did the exact same thing somewhere else. But not one of them has a desire to live as a matter of or leave. Uh, All of them have a huge desire to stay with me. My retention and employees is crazy good. Why? Because they have so much freedom. They know they can't get that anywhere else. It's extremely motivating. But at the same time, Caitlin... The producers on my team are some of the top producers in the country. I quite literally have top 100 producers nationally ranked on my team. Uh, and I know a big
2: reason for that is the freedom that I give. Hey, loyal listeners. When you hear me say "cast certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS? aka Nationwide Brokered Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is, and it's hip. to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cash certified.
0: I think that... when you are an entrepreneur and you're starting a new company, there's so much blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. But what makes it all worth it is that you're creating freedom for yourself, right? You're, mm-hmm. You have this light at the end of the tunnel of what you want to create. Maybe it's freedom to be able to chase other passions and purposes that you have or freedom to spend more time with your family or travel. And our, the people that work with us, our team members, they have the same desire. They, mm-hmm. they want to have... Um, Those, those things in their life as well. And so I think that it makes sense that that would be so high at the top of the list for someone when they're thinking about where they want to invest their time. Um, Do they want to, you know, you spend more time with the people you work with in your family in a lot of, a lot of cases. And so- yeah, but
1: but it's, it's more than that. It's like, this is, yes, going to create for them the life that they want and keep them motivated, but it's going to create for you as the manager, leader, or business owner the life that you want. Like, let's, let's just be real for a second. There are people listening to this podcast right now that are scared to go on vacation because they, if they do, their team won't perform. A big reason for that is probably because they micromanage their team and their team is waiting on cues from them to actually work. What we need to do is create a team of self-directed people, people who can just show up and get stuff done without you having to tell them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Does that make sense? If you give people that freedom, of course, under your framework, under your leadership, in the way, in a version of how you would do it, it doesn't have to be the exact same way that you would do it. It just has to be a version of what you do. it. And the cool part is this, Caitlin. i I thought I was pretty good at it when I was working with customers. The people on my team now, they're way better than I ever was. Like they're so much better than I ever was at this. And that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have given that freedom, if I wouldn't allow them to become self-directed, right? And uh, if you want a team that will go kick butt, that will produce and be self-directed, you've got to give them that freedom.
0: So how long does it take to create these kind of changes within a company? So if a company is used to using money and incentives and bonuses and commissions as the number one, two, and three driving forces of motivation within the team. Um, and they're, they're bought into this idea of like, Hey, there's some changes I need to make. There's some things I could be doing better. I, I, I could more clearly define our purpose and I could, you know, I could get our team behind our mission and how we're actually making a difference. And I could start, um, communicating that in different ways and all these things how long do you think it would take for a company to see that transformation because I'm thinking it would take some some internal dedication some time really thinking and reflecting some time um defining you know what that purpose is ways that you're gonna go about it as a group and then maybe even just in changes of you know the way you're recruiting, hiring, training, motivating, and developing the people that you have and the people that you're bringing on board. Are we talking, you know something that is a, you know a year to two years? what What have you seen?
1: oh, it it never stops. it it's It's a never ending thing. And the change is is perpetual. So there's no real turning point where you get to a point like, oh, that's it. It it took me 18 months and I'm here or (laughs) it take me eight hours and I'm there. Like I am still on the journey of continually trying to create an unbelievably thriving workplace culture by focusing in. Yeah, money's important, but giving more freedom, giving affirmation, letting my team know they're doing it right. And then what's the most important thing is having a purpose that everyone's unified by. And every time that I integrate a new policy, procedure, or communication, or leadership style or structure, or even intentional thing in my schedule that I'm going to do with my, my team, it's got to point to that unified purpose. It's got to create some freedom or some affirmation. And and the more and more that I do that, the better and better my team is. This is not something where it's like, hey, do this system for this long and then you're successful and it's over. This is something that's perpetual. This is a framework and a way of managing and leading people um, moving forward.
0: So in addition to creating like really thriving culture in a company. What what other things do business owners reach out to you about to pick your brain on? What kind of questions do you hear most often from other business owners in the community and things that they're wanting to know about?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think one of the big questions that I get a lot about is, uh, this whole conversation about niching insurance and specifically there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, you niche to grow rich or you've got to make sure that you niche and this works and it does work for a lot of people, which is which is great. Um, you know, I get criticized often by some because I don't niche down. I not, not only have insurance, but I have, you know, the, the home loans and I have the investments and the financial planning. And basically, we can help people with every area of their finances other than file their taxes for them. And that is far from a financial product or service niche, right? Um, but for, for us, what we niche down into is how we treat people. We love people through their finances and, and that's, that's our niche. So the question I get from people a lot is, okay, Grant, how do I start another arm of business? H- how do I add another product or service to what we're doing? And that boils back down to the answer to, to the conversations that I have with my kids as, in the compassionate capitalism is you find needs and fill it. If there are genuine needs in your community for a financial product or service, then go ahead and fill that need right? That, that, and if you do that in an exceedingly well, if you serve people well, you genuinely put their needs ahead of your own, guess what? You'll be fine and it'll, it'll, it'll go well. Um, but the big piece of advice that I give people when talking about that is not to be the insurance agent and the investment advisor and the mortgage loan originator all in one. Like, that's really hard. I mean, insurance is, is enough to try and stay on top of. Let alone the differences between personal and commercial lines, and all the different carriers and all That's the different things.
0: Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so for for me, I have I have an advisor. We have pros in each area uh, of of stewardship. So a client works with stewardship, but they they work with their insurance advisor, and then they work with the. A home loan advisor, and then they work with the investment advisor, and those advisors all work together as a team as they as they serve the client, and uh, that allows those people to be again genuine professionals in those those areas.
0: So is it fair to say that um, in this advice that we hear out there about finding a niche, that it could be misleading if we think of the niche as like, okay, I have to pick a product or a vertical, and I'm going to have laser focus in that one area, and it it is it fair to say that it could be just as strategic to pick just like a clear direction, a clear purpose and a clear like reason why you're here and what you're trying to do. So for you guys, that's loving people through their finances for someone Mm -hmm. else. It might be, I want to be like the best place to work in my community so that I can provide jobs for these other families. Or Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, I want to make sure that a a bad day doesn't turn into a bad life for your family. And that's how we're going to serve you through our personal lines, car and home insurance. Um, Mm -hmm. It's finding that um, niche area of what makes you unique or different. um,
1: Yeah. I mean, the the niche doesn't have to be a product or service, but it can be mm the, um, the, the, the big thing that you win when you do a niche is you're making things simple and you're making things clear. And the more simplified and clear things are, the easier it's going to be to to, to thrive. Um, And for my company, we're simple and we're clear in the way that we serve you. We genuinely put your needs ahead of our own every time, all the time, and all the things that we do. And that's a big deal for people in our community. That's a big deal for someone in their finances, right? Uh, so that niche knowing, hey, finances, stewardship, they got that for me. Like that's the kind of niche that, that we decided to serve and we decided to give. Now, if you're the type of person who's like, no, I'm a workers' comp commercial niche. Great. That's simple. That's clear. And that might work for you, right? Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I, the niche does not have to be a product or service. Um, really, the, the benefit behind a niche is simplicity and clarity.
0: Who are some other businesses? hate to put you on the spot here, but who's maybe somebody that you've seen who also has a really clear business message that's just a good example of, you know, not being too scattered in your, in your messaging and in, in who you're trying to be as a company. Does anybody come to mind for you?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of Donald Miller and StoryBrand. And uh, what StoryBrand, they have all kinds of different products and offerings. They have these live events um, they help you with their marketing. They have a they have a podcast. He he writes several books. Um, they also have like a coaching program where people can learn to be marketing affiliates under their program and learn their framework. But then they also have this thing called Business Made Simple, which is an online university where you can learn to do business stuff. Like all of that is it's it's a lot, right? It's it's a lot, um, but it's very simple and very clear in their messaging. And basically they're, they're there to disrupt the university system. They believe that you don't need to go to school to um, become a business owner. They believe that anybody can, can be awesome as an entrepreneur if you follow simple steps and, and guess what? They're gonna teach you how to do those simple steps, whether it be in the online course, whether it be the live event or the book or the podcast. And uh, that, that's that, to me, it's very simple and it's clear to understand.
0: I know so many people who went to school for a degree that they, they don't work in that field anymore.
1: Oh yeah hundred percent. I went to a Bible college and I started out to major as a youth pastor and ended up double majoring. So I have Christian ministries and business administration, but I'm just gonna be real with you next to nothing that I learned from the business administration gets applied to my real life. Like it's just not really a thing. I believe there is a huge disconnect between the universities and um, secondary education in our, in our society and, and really how real life works out in the business world. So yeah, another reason why I'm a huge fan of, of what uh, Storybrain is doing.
0: Yeah, I'm in that boat. I, I have the the business degree, but it, it definitely feels like a, a piece of paper at times. I really can't over exaggerate how much the, the real world experience of just working in sales, recruiting and hiring, managing people, learning from other people, um, reading books, uh, there's just so much knowledge out there when it comes to how to run a business that is really hard to capture within a a degree. So I don't want to discourage anyone who has a dream of getting a degree. For me, it was something that I knew I, I really wanted to accomplish it. And I had to work really hard to do so. And I'm glad I have that piece of paper. But in hindsight, looking back on it, I really can't um, I can't underestimate the impact that other people, the, the bosses that I was working for, the, the good bosses, the bad bosses at the time when I was young and in my 20s, how much I learned from them. And then from just getting in there and, and doing things on my own and trying to learn and, and grow. So I think that reflecting on what you're doing and then input, having books and resources and courses where you're not stopping that learning journey just because you have the degree, but trying to continue to develop over time is where it really starts to come. The the
1: prerequisite to being an awesome entrepreneur and having a great business is a knowledge. The prerequisite is humility. You have to be selfless because if you're not humble and selfless, you're unable to genuinely serve your customers well. Right. And as I mentioned, find a need and fill it. You do it with selflessness. You serve well, you love well, your business is going to go awesome, regardless of your intelligence level or your knowledge level. Now, if you're humble enough to continue to learn and to continue to grow your knowledge, Sure, that's going to help you serve other people more, but the prerequisite is not intelligence or knowledge level. It's, it's humility to, to be selfless and loving others.
0: So since your business isn't the kind of niche that focuses on just one product and you guys do have, you know, multiple ways of loving people through their finances, how, how do you pull that off without feeling like you're pulled in multiple directions? And what are some things that you do to be intentional with your time so that the, um, so that you're able to, you know, enjoy, you know, life with your family. Like, what are some things you do with with time management?
1: Yeah, I'd say um, the first thing is understanding that you can't do it on your own, as I mentioned before. So having pros and advisors in every area. And then the second thing is as a leader, making sure that you are giving them anything and everything that they can to thrive in that. Um, so yes, that has to do with freedom, but that also has to do with affirmation, affirming them well, positively or negatively to let them know when they're doing it right. And when they're doing it wrong, it's providing for them the resources and the things that they need to, whether that be education or, or technology, or doesn't matter if it's pens or pencils, whatever it is, like a penny saved is just a penny. Like for me, I'm trying to give my team and give those people As much as I can, so that they can serve the other people in our community. So, yeah, having having pros, having advisors in each one of those areas, and providing them the resources that they need to kick butt is it's a really big deal. And and when you do that, it allows you as a leader to have a little bit more freedom in your time. Look, I I was that guy who was sleeping on the couch all the time. I, I was that person who felt this guilt of like. I I'm in the office sleeping on the couch and I got my babies at home who don't know their daddy. Right. And that was terrible. And I wanted to change that. And, and now I'm at a place where I'm able to take a month off in the spring and a month off in the fall where I don't really do any work. Right. I don't even have to go into the office because I have a self-directed team who has that freedom, has that autonomy, has those resources, and they know what they need to do to serve people well through our mission. Um And you have to, as a leader, give them examples of how they're supposed to serve their customer. I mean, loving people through finances sounds really cool and novel, but it's like, okay, Grant, what does that mean? What does that look like, right? Well, I I love my team. I genuinely put their needs ahead of my own. I say yes when it's sometimes hard, right? I say no to myself when it's sometimes hard. I, I sometimes have to sacrifice financially to really, really care for them. And that's loving them. And as I do that, they can have zero excuses to figure out, okay, how can I go above and beyond to create an amazing customer experience for our clients? Uh, I just got to do what Grant does to me, right? And, and uh, that's, that's super important. So yeah, I mean, time management, it's, uh, it, it's something that re- requires other people. If you have a team of people, you're able to have a little bit more freedom in your time. Um, but as I said at the very beginning of this podcast, you just have to prioritize what's important to you. On what's valuable to you and then um ahead of time make sure that you are scheduling those things putting those in the calendar um and then filling in the rest don't just let your time happen to you but you be in control of it uh, before it plays out
0: or else the urgent will just keep eating up time to spend on what's important and it's an yeah flow of demands from things that feel like they have to be handled you know right this second so yeah having space and and time on the calendar blocked out for those things that you don't want to let slip. Um, It it gives you bandwidth so that you're not always, you know, living so close to the edge that the important things are slipping. Um,
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Totally agree.
0: How I I feel like there's, there's so much opportunity in the insurance world for business owners to create the kind of dream lifestyle that you've described. Um, Hmm. But there's so many of us that are at the beginning stages of building a business or company where I, I I just want to talk to people who are listening for a second, who might be in that phase where you're not there yet. And maybe you're handling so many things and you're stretched so thin that you might feel like you're failing at all of them (laughs) right now. And how discouraging that can be. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when we, you know, hear people saying that like, well, if you don't have time to, you know, only spend 20 hours on your business, then you haven't arrived yet. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what what might you say to encourage someone who just, they're spread so thin right now that they're just like, I don't know how I could ever, you know, I'm not sure how I'm going to pull off what you're describing. I know I want to get there, but right now it seems out of reach.
1: Well, first off, I want to say to those people who have just jumped into the independent insurance space, congratulations, you're doing it right. Like the, the fact that you're going independent is a huge deal. All of the entities that I own are all independent agencies, brokerages that are not tied or held captive to one insurance company, one lender, one investment situation, right? That independence is a really, really big deal from a company level because that will allow you to create the offerings to your community so that you can have independence in your life as well. Uh, so if you've done that, congratulations, you're, you're doing it right. And, and if you're in a, in a place where you're like, oh man, I'm struggling. I, Grant, that sounds cool, but how in the heck am I going to get there? Look, I've, I've been there. Look, I, I've been doing this for over a decade. It took me a long time to get to where I'm at. I didn't just arrive every day. I just did want the next thing to get to that place. Every quarter, every year, I was very intentional about a new thing that I wanted to implement and add. So how do you do that? I think it's, it's wise to evaluate the past and create goals in the future by evaluating these four questions. What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? What do I want to add? And what do I want to remove? Okay, That's a big deal in creating this freedom and creating that lifestyle that you want growing as a business owner, growing as a business as a whole. So every year, at the very least, I'm looking at my entire business and I'm saying, okay, what's something that I'm not doing that I know I need to start doing? What's that thing I want to add, right? And it could be something that you know. You know you've needed to add it. You just haven't made time or made a priority or been intentional enough about it. What's that thing that I want to add? Write that thing down, figure it out, evaluate it. Now, what's something I need to remove? Something I'm doing that I'm just, I got to stop doing this. I can't do this one anymore. I'll tell you what one of them was for us. One of them was a lot of commercial insurance. Our client, our ideal client really isn't in in the commercial line space because we're doing a lot of personal finance stuff. The personal insurance was much better for us. So we removed some of the commercial insurance stuff from what we were doing, right? That's an example of of, of something that you could do. Plus the removal of something allows it a lot easier for you to add the thing that you know you need to be doing. Um, Sometimes it's removing a habit or, or, or removing a relationship or removing something that isn't wise for you to be engaging in. Then you have the other two parts of it. What do I want to do more of? So something you're doing that works. Like this is a good thing. I got to keep doing more of it. And as a matter of fact, I want to level up. I want to I go a little further into it. It could be you're going to annual conferences in the industry and learning and growing, and that's great, but you want to level up. Why don't you go ahead and join a mastermind, right? And you want to do more of this collaboration, more of this learning of, of things in the industry. Um, and then what do you want to do less of? So something that's good, you don't want to stop doing it, but you're not sure if you want to take it to the next level. As a matter of fact, you might consider stop doing it, but you're just going to do less of it this year or this go around. Those four questions are a really big deal in helping you continue to get better. And over time, getting to this place where, yeah, I do have this awesome team. Yes, I do have this business that's self-sufficient, but more importantly, yes, I have this business that has this amazing purpose and we're making a huge impact on people's lives. We're doing stuff that matters.
0: And that's one of my missions for this podcast is that I, some of the stuff we're going to cover is, um, I new. I want to bring fresh ideas and new perspective and ways that you can grow and scale your agency in 2021 in real tangible ways. I want you to walk away with like things you can apply and write down and make happen in your agencies. But I also know that you guys are really talented. You've been in the business a long time and you bring so many talents. And sometimes you just need that you know, just that little extra spark, you already have the ideas, you already have the passion and the purpose. And so if this podcast can help reinvigorate um, the reason that you started in insurance for the first time, then um, then it's a success. So um, so my hope with every single episode is that you walk away with a couple of tangible, practical things that you can do that makes sense. And maybe it's that one thing to start at that one new idea. You're going to start mulling over. And if it wasn't a new idea, um, that encouragement and that spark to just keep going and, um, and just keep pushing because it is, it's a marathon, uh, and it, it's a, a 10 year long, 20 year long, <laughs> 30 year long marathon, building a company. And so coming together to share ideas, um, with other peers in the industry, I think is some of the best ways that we can do that.
1: And I think um, you're, what you're saying is so perfect and, it, and it's right on. But if we want to make it simple for your listeners, I believe as a business owners, there's three areas that you can pretty much always focus in on to try to grow your business and and keep taking it to the next level. And and, and that is leadership. So you as, as a leader, you're hiring, you're firing, your goal setting, your accountability, your people, your workplace culture, all that stuff. Then there's the the marketing Um, your communication, how you're bringing in business, how Are we going to uh, attract more customers? How are we going to get more of our ideal customers? And the last one's innovations, different maybe products or services that you could add, continuing to research and figure out what direction society is going in and and how can you uh, implement different technology pieces, whether it be customer facing or behind the scenes, what what processes or procedures could you implement uh, to try to make things faster or quicker, create a better customer experiences? Those three areas of, of leadership, of marketing and innovations. If you are focusing in on those and and at least trying to hammer out maybe those four questions for one of those each year, man, that's, that's a big deal.
0: So what are some of the things that you're, you know, passionate about pursuing in 2021 that are on the horizon for you?
1: Yeah, so one of those innovations for us is real estate, we actually had a goal of creating a real estate company in 2020, and then uh, when a lot of the coronavirus stuff happened, it uh, kind of a lot uh, required us to push the brakes on some things. So we didn't know what was going to happen in the financial world. We played a little bit more defense, uh, and then uh, with the way that the Trump administration had responded to a lot of the stuff, it created all these amazing opportunities financially, especially in the home loan and investment advisory space. So we were like full steam ahead and trying to serve our clients in their home loans and investments. So we we pressed pause in real estate. Uh, But there's a lot of opportunities in real estate. There's some things that are happening with the uh, Department of Justice and and how they're engaging with the National Association of Realtors and how realtors are collecting commissions and the way that they serve clients that it's going to create an opportunity for some people to enter into the real estate space. And I'm excited about that. Um, And we're going to be working towards serving our client and some of the real estate needs, but doing it in a very, very unique way. We believe that there are Uh, some needs in our community, some frustrations for people whenever they're selling their current home and buying a new home. and, and, And we believe that we can help people with that with some wisdom and love.
0: There's so many headaches that go into the home purchasing and selling process. So I'm excited to see what you guys do to reduce friction in that area for clients and help help make it a different experience than what they may have had in the past. Because it's such a huge milestone for a family. It's meaningful. It's important. And wouldn't it be cool if every family walked away from their home purchasing experience with like really great memories of yeah, their first yeah, time at home? So.
1: And here's the thing too, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this episode or watching it on YouTube and you think, oh man, I, I could never do that. I don't know anything about real estate. Oh man, I could never do that with Grant did. I, I don't know anything about home Look, I'm just gonna be completely honest with you, Kaylin. I, I don't know a ton about real estate. Like, yeah, I, I, I own a, a mortgage company. I've done countless fix and flips investments. Um, I've seen real estate contracts. I know a lot more about real estate than um, most people do. Um, But I'm not fully equipped in the knowledge to quote unquote, you know, be a pro at knowing all the things real estate. But here's the thing. I know I care about people. And I know that the real estate company that we will start will genuinely put their needs ahead of our own, right? I'm niching in that. And as long as I'm doing that, everything will work itself out. You don't have to have all the knowledge. If you're thinking about starting another product or service, whether it's in the financial space or not, or maybe you're just thinking about niching down in insurance. Like you want to become that, you know, the workers comp pro and you never figured it out. Look, as long as you've got the heart to find that need in the community and fill it well and you put other people's needs ahead of your own, you, you'll go do it. Do it in 2021. You can do it. I'm like, I'm nothing special. You know, I, I'm, I'm not overly intelligent. Uh, I just believe that I, I can help other people and, and that's really all that matters.
0: We actually purchased the house that we're living in now, uh, sight unseen. We lived in Illinois at the time and we had a, a realtor in Texas that was, you know, sending us, you know, homes to look at and driving around and they sent us, a, I, think, I think we did like a FaceTime video to decide if we wanted to buy this house or not. And so if we were do, if we were to do that again, I, um, you know, it's the kind of business that you're creating where you're putting the client's needs in front of themselves, that, that would be that, you know. Such a a great place to do business when you're thinking about making those major financial investments that are, I mean, you know, some, it could be one of the biggest purchases that a family makes. So.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're communicating exactly what I was talking about, right? You got to focus in on your leadership, on your marketing, but your innovations. Uh, Innovations are happening around us all the time. The way that consumers engage with services and products are changing all the time. So how can you potentially innovate what you're doing to create a really cool experience. Your real estate agent did a whole bunch of stuff over video calls. That wasn't happening 5 years ago, right? So the way <laughs> real estate is being done is changing right now as we speak and and we believe that we can create some of those innovative uh products and services within the real estate space and add our spin of genuinely putting other people's needs ahead of our own. And guess what? When you do that, when you can serve people with that wisdom and genuine love, it gives them confidence. It gives them confidence in the innovation that you're doing even though it's a little bit different than they may have done it in the past and that's a big deal
0: that's really inspiring so Grant, how can people find you and reach out to you if they have other questions about running their companies and enjoying enjoying doing business again
1: you know i'd say um one of the best ways to reach out to me is instagram so I'm on Instagram all the time, posting basically every day, showing up in Instagram stories almost every day. And and while I'm there, yeah, I'm talking about finances, but I'm talking about business, I'm talking about leadership, I'm talking about marketing and innovations. Uh, so you can follow me there. Um, I am at Grant Botma, G-R-A-N-T B-O-T-M-A. So you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I also have a podcast. It was called The Culture Core Show, but we're changing the name of that. Still completely undecided on what it's going to be. Uh, but yeah, if you search my name, Grant Botma in, in iTunes, uh, you'll be able to find the podcast as well. But I'd say Instagram is probably the, the best way to reach out to me.
0: I love your Instagram stories and we're, pre-recording this guys over the holidays and the, uh, the Christmas Eve poem <laughs> that's up right now is pretty, pretty <laughs> golden. So, uh, make sure you guys find Grant Botma on Instagram. You won't be sorry. He puts up so much good stuff. And so, wow, Grant, thanks for joining us. I learned so much and this is just, um, it's so revitalizing to just rethink different ways of doing things and how we can make a bigger impact. So I know one of the things I'm walking away with is, I want to make a list of some things that, that I want to do more of some things. I want to do less of some things I want to add in 2021 and some things that I want to remove. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to be a really integral part of really defining how I'm going to spend my time in 2021 and make it a bigger difference. Um, because you know, there's so many things we could spend our time on, but if we're able to really yeah. think through how we want to do that and why, Um, we'll be able to um, impact so many more people. So thanks so much for joining us, agents. This is Caitlin Agar and Grant Botma signing off. Until next time, talk to you soon.
2: Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it.